the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. But God was demonstrating how great his love was for us, that he had great love for you. That in that while you were still sinning, he died for you. And he he loved you and held back what we deserve. But not only that, not only does he demonstrate his great love for you through the richness of his mercy, but but secondly, he demonstrates his great love for you by the generosity of his grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Look at that. He was generous with grace. In his kindness towards us in Christ, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. Lord, have mercy. When God was trying to help you to understand how much he loved you, he was trying to show you how valuable that you were to him, that you mattered to him in the richness of his mercy, but also in the generosity of his grace. He was rich in mercy towards you so that he could open up and show you how awesome and be generous with his grace. What I love about God is God is not stingy with his grace. Somebody right about here should have shouted and ran around the church because you know that God has been awesomely gracious to you. Maybe I can't get no help over here. Maybe somebody in the choir understands that God wasn't stingy with his grace. Now, I know they're singing in the choir, and you think, well, they're singing in the choir. They're somehow holy, sanctified, sanctimonious, but it wasn't always that way. All my choir members wasn't. Uh, maybe I should move over to the pulpit section. And guess what? God has been awesomely gracious Oh, Lord, with his grace. He's been generous with grace over here in this section. And, and maybe, maybe, the, maybe the preachers can't get with it because they preachers now, and they forgot that God had, had rescued them again and, and again and again and again. But maybe somewhere over here, somebody knows that God was generous with his grace. Not only did he save you, but he came back and got you. Not only did he come back and get you, but he let you mess up. And then after you messed up, he lets you do it all over again. And then he blessed you again, and he blessed you again, and he blessed you again, and again, and again. And even when you were still messing up, his grace was being poured out, and he kept on blessing you, even when you didn't deserve it. He was generous with grace. When your life was on the edge, his grace was poured out, and he said, I'll give you some more years. When you had messed up everything, he said, I'll give you another chance. Oh, I wish I had somebody who understood. God has been generous with his grace. 
uh, Jesus. <laughs> He's been extra generous uh, with his grace in, first of all, in that while we were sinners and we were deserving of death, he, through his multitude of mercies, through the richness of his mercy, held back what we did deserve. But watch this. But then what he did was he was so generosity of grace and he saved us by grace. I, I like this because in the text it says, verse number seven, it says, in the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. So he wants to show how generous he will be with his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. And then he comes right after that and he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, I know that God loves you and he was trying to tell you and show you that you matter to him and that how much he loved you in that he provided you salvation by faith through grace. And watch this, and not of yourselves. Here is the great and awesome grace. And grace is the unearnable favor of God. He says he gave you salvation not of yourselves. In other words, he gave it to you and you couldn't earn it. He gave you salvation and he saved you and he made you alive when you couldn't make yourself alive. He did it generously. He, he gave grace. Uh, he gave favor where you didn't deserve it. And he made you alive when you were dead in trespasses and sin. And he poured out his grace generously on you and not of yourselves. In other words, he did this without any help of yours. Now, let me tell you something. When someone does something for you of this magnitude and then they ask nothing of you, in other words, they don't say, help me to do this for you. No, they just do it for you through no help of your own, not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. What God did was gave us a gift that we couldn't pay for. He gave us a gift we couldn't earn. Yeah, we were trying to fulfill the law, but we couldn't fulfill it. And so he came himself and said, they didn't try generation after generation to fulfill what could not be fulfilled in a broken flesh. And so I'm going to come in the fullness of God, wrap myself up in flesh and fulfill the law for them. And then I'm going to give them as a gift eternal life. And I'm not going to charge them for it. I don't, I don't need no help from them. I don't need you to serve nowhere. I don't need you to jump up and down. I don't need you to wave your hands. I don't need you to join no ministry. I don't need you to join no church. I don't need you to be religious. I don't need no help of yours. I don't need you to turn around seven times. I don't need you to sell 25,000 newspapers. I don't need you to sell no moon pies on the street. I don't need no help from you. I don't need you to go to no places and visit. I don't need you to meditate. I don't need you to light no candles. I don't need you to snort no stuff. I don't need no help of yours. I'm going to do it all by myself because I love you. Not of yourselves. It's a gift from God because I love you with great love. I'm trying to help us to see we matter, how much we matter to God. He says he, he does that. It's, it's a demonstration of the generosity of his grace. The richness that he poured out, by grace you've been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it's a gift from God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't brag about your salvation. Nothing you did, nothing that you can do to earn it. 
Salvation is not a works-based gift. You don't work for your gift. No, this is a gift from God that you can't work for. You work because you saved, not to get saved. In other words, I do what I do for the Lord because he loved me. People will do more for you when you love them. And especially if you love them when they don't love you. Lord, have mercy here. Because we didn't love him when he died for us. We were at odds with him. We were at enmity with God when he died for us. When he gave us generously the gift of salvation. For by grace you've been saved. Through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. No one can get to heaven and brag, I got here on my own accord. I got here because of anything I did. And guess what? If you did nothing to earn it, you can't do anything to lose it. Because listen, when he gave you the gift, you were already unqualified to have it. That's what made it grace. God has been good to you and me, and he has shown us that he has great love for us in that he generously demonstrated his grace, that he richly gave us his mercy. And again, as we keep moving through this text, he says in verse number nine, number 10, I'm sorry, we are his workmanship. Look at this. By his grace, he made us his workmanship. By his grace. Another demonstration of his grace is that God took broken, wretched vessels and said, I'm going to use them as my workmanship. And watch this. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I've created you for good works. Lord, help me here. And not only did I create you for good works, I created good works for you to do. Right there in the text, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He already prepared the works. But then he made you capable of walking in the works. Because at first we were walking in the works of the devil, doing those things according to the devil and the spirit of this world. But God, because of the grace that he wanted to demonstrate and pour on, because of the generosity of his grace, he made us capable of walking in good works. See, guess what? There's nothing you can do good if you're not in Christ Jesus. Because all of our ways were wicked. We were desperately wicked in every way. No one chasing after God. No one loving God. No one desiring God. But by his grace, Lord have mercy, he brought us into this relationship and qualified us to do good works for him. And he gave us good works to do. He did all that beforehand. He preordained, he predestined the good works for us to do. And he prepared the good works for us to walk in. And so now we don't have to figure out, now that I'm saved, what I'm going to walk in. Well, he's already prepared some, some ways for you to walk in. So you don't have to walk in the old ways that you used to walk. I'm trying to help somebody right about here because somebody got saved and they still walking in the old ways. I need you to understand that God already predestined new ways for you to walk in. But he did it because he was generous in his grace towards us. I want you to understand that God has great love for you by the richness of his mercy by the generosity of his grace. But finally, it's, it's right here in, in verse, read verse 11 through 13. He says, therefore, remember that you were once Gentiles in the flesh who were called the uncircumcised by that which is the circumcised made by the, in the flesh of hands or, or by hands. That at the time that you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was where we were. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
So, finally, I want you to understand that he has great love for you, not only demonstrated by the richness of his mercy and the generosity of his grace, but by the shedding of his blood. By the shedding of his blood, he was demonstrating to you and I that we matter to him. Remember, he says here in the text that we were Gentiles and we were of the uncircumcision according to the circumcision of the flesh. And so we were part of that uncircumcised group. And as such, we were without God. That's where we were. As sinners, as wretched, undone, unfinished, trespassers of the law, violators of God's standard, not part of the chosen generation of God. We were Gentiles who were without God. It's right there in the text. We were without God. We were aliens from Israel. We were separated from Israel. We couldn't even do the things that God allowed Israel to do. We couldn't serve in the temple. We couldn't be high priests. We couldn't be Levites. We were separated from Israel. And not only separated from Israel, but we were separated from the covenants of promise. God had given covenant promises to Israel, promises that he would fulfill in their lifetime, that he would bring a Messiah to them, that he would die for them, that they would be his people, and that he would rescue them, that he would save them from their destruction. But we weren't part of that. We were aliens from that. We were separated from that. It's right here as I'm walking through. He says, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant. We didn't even know a covenant existed of the promise. And, and having no hope, and without God in the world. We were in miserable shape. We were in a horrible condition, especially as Gentiles. Gentiles ought to have a whole, holy, another sense of worship than Jews. I know somebody might say that's theologically wrong. We all are, are saved by grace. Yes, we are. But the fact that we were distant, that we were separated, that we were ostracized, and then God said, oh my, let me, let me be generous with my grace. And give it to the Gentiles too. And when I shed my blood, I'm shedding my blood for everybody? Oh, yeah. So he says, I'm going to demonstrate my love for everybody by shedding my blood. So we were in this bad situation. But now in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I know that you think. Pastor, yeah, I used to be on drugs, I used to be doing this, and I used to be doing that, and the church saved my life. I know that that sounds good. It sounds socially acceptable. It sounds spiritually connected, but that's theologically incorrect. It wasn't the church that saved your life. And I know that you're members of Kettering Baptist Church, and you want to give great honor and great respect to Kettering Baptist Church. And you can say, you know what, Pastor, I was lost and I was in sin. And then when I came to Kettering, my whole life changed because Kettering changed my life. You know, it wasn't Kettering that changed your life. And I know you love your pastor and you want me to feel good about the preaching that I preach and, and the sweat that I sweat every Sunday morning. And you want to affirm me in what I'm doing. And you say, Pastor, you changed my life. And, and if it had not been for you, Pastor, I don't know where I would be. Well, I know that sounds good and it feels good, but that's not theologically correct. Because I didn't die for nobody. I didn't save your soul. I wasn't the one that loved you like he loved you. It was the blood of the Lamb who died for you that changed your life. It was him who brought you from death to life. It was God. It wasn't me. I'm not the friend that tries to take credit for the other friend. You know how some friends, you sent them on assignment to tell that girl that he loves you, 
But while they there, then next thing you know, they together. And you wonder what happened. Then your, your friend then stole your girl or your friend then stole your man. No, I'm not that friend. I'm the friend that, I'm going to tell it like it is. It sure enough wasn't me that saved you. It sure wasn't Kettering that saved you. It wasn't the church that saved you. It was the blood of Christ that saved you. It was the blood of Christ that showed love for you. It was God himself who loved you so much that he shed his own precious blood. He didn't send Gabriel. He didn't send Michael. He didn't send any other lamb, but he was the lamb that was slain on Calvary just so that he can show you how much you matter to him. Watch this. He says, verse number 12, that at the time you were without Christ being aliens going on. And he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. I was reading that passage and I was thinking, you know what? That but now just really just changed everything. Lord have mercy. If you go all the way back to verse 1, he starts talking about you were dead in trespasses and sin. And you were following the course of this world. And you were under the authority and the power of the devil. And then you get to that but now. I was separated from God. I was separated from the covenant. I didn't even know there was a covenant. And then, but now he's brought me near. But now he shed his blood for me. But now, and I I thought about, look how far the Lord has brought you. Look where the Lord has brought you from. But now, Lord, have mercy. I know I got some but now people in the house because you haven't always been saved. You haven't always been sanctimonious. You haven't always walked right. But now. Because of the great love wherewith he loved you, because of the generosity of his grace, because of the great richness of his mercy, but now, because of the shedding of his blood, you are connected to God, and your life has been changed. He's brought you from a mighty long way. Lord, help us here today. I know there's some stories in this congregation of God bringing me from a long way. Lord, have mercy. You you came from so far back, you don't even want people to know how far back you were. Matter of fact, you've been so far back, you done forgot some of the things back there. You you mentally blocked out some of the stuff you used to do because you don't even want to remember where you came from. But every once in a while, you ought to stop and say, thank you, God, that you love me so much. That you would die on a cross for me. That you would give your blood for me. That you would shed your blood for me on that cross. Thank you, God, for shedding your blood. Thank you, God, because when you shed your blood for me, you brought me into peace with God. I was God's enemy. I was at enmity with God. But by the shedding of your blood, you brought me to a place. It's there in the text. You brought me to a place of peace with God. You broke down the middle wall that separated Jew from Gentile. Lord, help us here. With your blood, with the shedding of your blood, you abolished the enmity, the hostility that we had between us and God. We used to be hostile towards God. Some of us didn't even, we used to say, I don't even believe in God. But God, through the shedding of his blood, has broken down that hostility. God, through the shedding of his blood, caused us to want to walk right. Lord, help us here. And by the shedding of his blood, he's brought us all together as one, Jews and Gentiles, and bond and free, and white and black, and Asian and Hispanic. Brought us all together as one in one body called Christ Jesus, that we might all have unified access 
access to the throne room of the Father through the same Holy Spirit. There ain't no white Holy Spirit and a black Holy Spirit and a Pentecostal Holy Spirit and a Baptist Holy Spirit. There ain't no there ain't no Catholic Holy Spirit and a and a and the United Methodist Holy Spirit. There ain't no Asian Holy Spirit and an African Holy Spirit. There ain't no American Holy Spirit and a and a Cajun Holy Spirit. No, there's one Holy Spirit, and we've been all made to drink of the same cup. We've been all brought together in one body that is Christ Jesus. Every born again child of God, we've been connected by the same blood. Lord, have mercy. And I know we've got some racist people that are in the world, and a lot of times people think racist. Oh, that's that's just only you only talk about the white people. No, there's some racist black people. There's some racist Asian people. There's some racist Asian people. There's some racist people everywhere. And I'm going to tell you, you can be as racist as you want, but you can't come to this Bible and leave out without being the same because it is Christ who died for all. It is Christ that shed one blood to save us all. It is Christ who gave his blood to say I love you all. I love you whether you white. I love you whether you black. I love you whether you rich. I love you whether you poor. I love you whether you got a college degree. I love you if you never made it out of high school. I love you and I've given everything I've got. I shed my blood to bring you together. And you're all one body in Christ Jesus. He, he, he loves us. Lord Jesus, he loves us. And he shed his blood to show that he loved us. And he gave his life to show us that he loved us. He washed away all of our sin. With his blood. He paid the price. While we were on an auction block. To the highest bidder. He came. Through 42 generations. Born of a virgin. Lived 33 years without sin. Then he offered up himself. In my place and in your place. So that he could show us. Scripture says he commended his love towards us. In that while we were still sinners. While at the cross the Jews were still reveling against him. And the Gentiles were nailing him to the cross. While we were still sinners Christ died. That he might bring us all together. That he might say to you and I, I love you with great love. You matter to me. You matter to him, Kettering Baptist Church. You matter to him, listening audience. Don't let anybody shake that from you. Because you matter to God. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace and kindness towards us. Holy Spirit of God, we pray even now that your spirit will move in this place, that if any don't know you, haven't accepted your great love, that today will be the day that they would embrace the great love that you have demonstrated to us. Save someone, God, from sin. Rescue someone from drifting. Someone maybe thought you had given up on them and that you didn't love them anymore. But you still love them. You're still extending mercy, grace, 
your blood still was shed for them. So, Lord, remind them how much you love them and draw them back to you. This is your servant's prayer, even as we open this time for invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.